Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Maestro Stevens, who is a brand marketer and web master. Maestro, how you doing? I'm doing great, Timmy. I appreciate you asking. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. And we like to jump right in. So if you start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Well, as you already noted, my name is Maestro Stevens. I am a brand marketer and a webmaster, but those are really just geeky jargon terms, to be honest. I'm just a person who really loves to help people build online systems and do it in a very unique and functional way. Um, I didn't always start this way. My, my journey actually started in the pursuit of music and entertainment back in my early 20s. Uh, so I took a huge pivot since then because a lot of things failed, didn't go the right way. Uh, and I wanted to make sure that that didn't happen to others as well as, you know, kind of convoluted as my sound because everybody takes their pain and turns into a gain. Uh, but yeah, I'm the same way, you know, I took a lot of that pain, turned it into opportunity for others. Um, and since then, I've been running my creative agency. Uh, and recently, I have created a blog um, that would help cater toward minority entrepreneurs, because I just saw a huge gap in opportunities when COVID hit. Um, and there was a lot of uh, minority black Latin and other people that didn't get the same opportunities uh, as other cultures when it came to funding. So yeah, that, cr- that just created the spark from me to create this platform to j- just help give people free opportunities and content to kind of DIY and do it themselves as entrepreneurs. I feel that. I feel that. And so when you're not helping people build online systems or blogging for minority entrepreneurs, what are some of the things that you do for fun? Man, I mean, we can be talking here all day. So I'm going to keep some of the content, uh, you know, parental friendly of what I do for fun. Uh, But uh, for the most part, I love watching movies. Uh, I'm a big runner. I love to run. I love the outdoors as far as like hiking, uh, traveling. I'm not going to say like skiing and surfing because, you know, everybody doesn't do that. But uh, I grew up skateboarding. I was a big skateboarder. I was the Lupe Fiasco before Lupe Fiasco, you know, type of thing like Kanye West. Um, and I also love creating content. Um, I love doing like kind of DIYs and tutorials and just helping people build their own, you know, scenario situations, whatever that may be. That's awesome. <laughs> we got to tell the audience about that joke soon here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll jump into it. But uh, before we get to the joke, tell us a little bit more about your motivation, man. Uh, what gets you up and keeps you going every day? What gets me up and keeps me going? I mean, I would say um, being blessed. That's something else that I feel like you can relate to um, or counting your blessings. I noticed that you do your call off with with the word blessing. And I thought that that was pretty cool. Um, And that's a big motivation as far as like gratitude, being thankful, uh, because life hits you hard over the head, two punches like Mike Tyson. And when that happens, I mean, what do you have left? Um, So I would say it's the ability that I know I'm going to create a legacy for my family. 
I'm going to be able to pass them on blessings as well um, and utilize the gifts that I was given. Um, and then also being able to, you know, create my own path in life. Um, I, I came from a lot of failures, to be 100% honest. Um, I mean, I usually don't put it out there like that, but I'm a GED holder. Uh, I didn't pass high school for, for certain reasons, and we, I can get into that story a little bit later. Um, but, you know, I got my GED. I put myself into college. That didn't work out. Uh, and then once that happened, uh, it just really put a fire under me to just be like, you know what? I'm going to get it no matter what. I love that. I love that. Well, awesome, <laughs> man. <laughs> okay. We got we to save the joke. We got to save the joke. So, <laughs> Maestro listened to a couple of my podcasts before he came on and he noticed that awesome was like my buzzword. I always say awesome. And he also says awesome. So we were joking kind of back and forth about who was going to be the one to say it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say it again. I'm all self-conscious about it now, guys. Anyway, I'm just going to go for it. Awesome, man. Let's hear a little bit more about your story. So you talked about you know, the fact that you are a GED holder and also you went into kind of the music entertainment industry, failed there and it catapulted you into your current career. So tell us about some of those failures and the adversity you faced pushing through them. Absolutely. Uh, I would say that it was a crazy, crazy sequence of events. I'll put it like that. Um, I mean, imagine being in the counselor's office your senior year of high school. You have all the credits that you, you can possibly get. You have been getting A's and B's your entire high school career. I mean, your entire high school journey, your entire life, because your mother's in the military. She's a black military mom. And yeah, I'm going to get into that because that's like too hard. You better get this done type of scenarios. Uh, my mom was, uh, you know, a black single woman in the military. So it was all about good grades, reading, education. And this counselor tells me my senior year, I'm in San Antonio, Texas. And she's like, Mr. Stevens, uh, I have some, some news for you. Um, in one month, you know, the kid, everybody's graduating. But unfortunately, because you moved from Cleveland to here halfway through your school year, we have some credits here that we have you have to have that weren't in the system when you were living in Cleveland, Ohio. And I only moved to Texas because my father was living down there at the time and I wanted to rekindle my relationship with him. So that happened um, as far as this, this counselor telling me that I wasn't gonna be able to graduate. Unfortunately, at that time, I was financially broke. I mean, I'm 17 turning 18 years old because it was around April. Um, and my birthday is April, <clears throat> April 23rd, which I believe ironically was your second podcast episode of last year, if not, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And yeah, um, that happened. Um, and I just got devastated. Like it, it just broke my whole world. I was ashamed to tell my mom, my parents, I mean, everybody, um, me and my father weren't really getting along. So I ended up moving out of, of, of the house at the time and I enrolled myself out of school. It was like the most devastating and embarrassing moment for me because not only did I, you know, feel like I was failing my family, I felt like I was failing myself. I couldn't afford, I was ashamed to ask for money for summer school. It was a few hundred dollars, almost a thousand dollars. And I was very ashamed to ask for that money uh, to go to summer school. And so I just enrolled, dropped out. And a couple of years later, I ended up getting my GED. Around that same time, 
I was creating a entertainment company um, as well too when I was getting my GED back in 2007, 2008. It was called Hungry and Humble Entertainment. We did music and production and I was very passionate about music, publishing, songwriting, like the business of music, not just creating it. So I brought on a whole bunch of artists. Um, we created music projects and one of our biggest problems, ironically, which I created the company or you know a team with today was branding and marketing. And that was our hugest problem. We didn't have the right branding and marketing, but yet we felt like we had good music and content. And with that happening, um, you know, a lot of rough patches came across our plate because even though we were doing shows, we were uh, traveling and engaging with people, we just couldn't hit that next level of sustainability, you know, if that makes sense. And, you know, the music business is a rough business, if you know anything about it. I mean, I'm sure you know something about it, even if, if you haven't been in it. It's a rough business. And that was another tragic moment in my life because that company was everything to me. It was my identity. It was my love. It was my passion. You know, people had their, you know, their hobbies. They had their goals. People had their businesses um, or their family. And I didn't have those things at that time. Um, so for me, like not being able to utilize the opportunity as a way of succeeding was just a killer, just to kill my heart. I'm, you know, being all the way real, it killed my heart. Um, but the great part is, is a few years later, I turned it around. Uh, I picked up a video camera. I picked up a skill set that was beyond, <clears throat> excuse me, that was beyond the music itself. And I started recording people and taking pictures. Then I realized, right, that was my eureka moment. Changed everything in my world that people love to be captured. They love to be recorded. They love photography. And the reason why I believe that is because I went to a festival called South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. Huge festival. The first year I went to that festival, I went as a music artist. The second year I went to that festival, I went as a photographer and videographer. Timmy, can you guess which year I probably had more people come to me? I got VIP, which year I went to VIP for Snoop Dogg, for Justin Timberlake, for everybody, you know, because I had this camera. What year do you think? Do you think it was the year as the artist or no. the year? Photographer, so, videographer. Photography. So that changed up every, I was like, what the heck? Are you serious? This is what you want? And I also noticed that although I took all these people's pictures on the street, all these people's pictures um, in other areas, as far as the concerts, the shows, there was only about 10% of the people that asked me how they were gonna get their image. The rest of the 90% of the people didn't care. They just wanted to feel important. That changed everything for me. And that's why I got into the whole media and that transition to marketing and branding, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely, man. I really think that you hit on a very important thing right there with people want to feel important. And when you can like understand that, I feel like it's gonna change the way that you look at a lot of life and how you interact with people. Cause if you can make people feel important, it's like you like have the key to life right there. So I love that you um, got to talk about that a little bit. Um, I kind of want to hear a bit more about some of those beliefs you know, it crept, the fact that your company failed crushing your heart and just kind of the shame around the GED and stuff. Um, has any of that carried into 
present life or how did you go about dealing with some of those emotions if you did? Yes, yes, that was a good question because it definitely carried into present life. I mean, having that, and I know you know this term uh, because you know, you've had a lot of really, really good guests on your podcast that have kind of alluded to it, but imposter syndrome, um, like that hit me hard. You know, am I good enough? Do I know enough? I know I know this, but is it going to be able to get me to the next level? Um, I don't have my degree and I'm falling in love with marketing. This is my early, my early to mid twenties. I'm falling in love with the whole concept of marketing and media, but I don't have a degree to back it up. I don't have the credentials to back it up. Not only do I not have these things. Um, and when I'm saying this, I'm talking about myself back then, not who I am now, but I'm also feeling like, man, you know, I'm a black man in America doing something very unorthodox. You know, there's not many marketers that have, um, you know, that are, you know, African-American or Britain. These days, there's a, you know, there's a little bit more, but back then, 10 years ago, that wasn't the norm. So to have my GED to feel like, okay, you're just this regular guy, you're just this you're this hoper, you're this dreamer. When you're hearing this, this rhetoric from your family, you better get a job. You know that entrepreneurship shit stuff is not gonna work. You better get a job, da, 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 da. And having that keep being spit into my brain day in and day out and not having the support system as far as my family understand that there are other ways to succeed in life. There are other ways to make it in life other than just a nine to five. I'm not discriminating against nine to five now. I, I'm 100% believe don't quit your day job. Um, but those are one of some of the things that really hit me on top of the fact that I'm just going to be one, one, like really, and I, that's another buzzword, transparent, right? Authenticity, transparency. Uh, but I really want to be honest um, and say that there was a long time where I never had my own apartment, my own place. I was living from, you know, person to person, meaning like I always had roommates. I, I lived in so many cities between the years of 2009, 2010, and 2000, and we'll say 14, 2015-ish. I mean, I was in another city every year. So the whole constant moving from Cleveland to Bowling Green to Columbus, down to Texas, Houston, Austin, San Antonio, over to Florida, Tampa, it was like there was an internal um um, discovery that was being externally, you know, um, <clears throat> executed. And in that way, I was looking for myself, who I was, but at the same time, I was traveling to all these places, trying to meet with my uh, associates or old friends to try to like partner up with them, man, we can do this, we can do this. And I literally would, would move, like not just, you know, internally, like, yeah, but I would physically move to this person to make this thing happen. Um, and I had to learn that yeah, that's not always the right way to, to, to do so. Um, and having all these movements happening physically, uh, having all this kind of shame and this hurt and, and carrying this pain. Now that I realized I wasn't, I didn't know I was carrying all this time. Uh, I, I, I hit a roadblock, I hit a wall. And about 2012, I made this really huge decision that I didn't want to be who I was anymore. I wanted to become somebody better. I wanted to transform. And within that transformation, I decided to uh, symbolize it with changing my name. And that was something that was really huge for me. It was symbolic, but it was also like a gift and a curse um, at the same time. Um, and what I mean by that is, 
as much as I was proud to have done so, and and I and I'll be I'll be um, I'll be real. The the reason why I changed my name to Maestro was because it was so close to my original name, Marcus. It was spelled very similar. There was five letters in Marcus, the same five letters in Mar uh, Maestro. So what I can say is I changed the Q and the U because I spelled my name with the Q U. I changed the Q and the U. I traded it out for a T O. Mm. Uh, if that makes any sense. Um, and not only did I intentionally did change my name um, that way, I also wanted a name that would allow me to reach a goal. Because I knew I wasn't maestro at that time. I wanted to become maestro, but I love the fact that it actually was a name. It could be a name and also um, an adjective or a verb you know, take action, you know, because maestro means master teacher in many languages. Most people don't know that. They always attribute it to musicality. So that's what I mean by it was like a gift and a curse because the people that knew me that came from the music side assumed that that was the reason why. So they just kind of saw me in the music realm and they didn't understand that, no, it was the teaching, self-discovery, self-teaching, and wanting to become somebody better, something I can look forward to as if I put a tattoo on my arm or my forehead or something. And I don't have any tattoos, by the way. My, my, nothing wrong with tattoos, but that was my symbolic tattoo. That was my external tattoo for my life. Dude, that is so awesome. I love that you symbolized that change for yourself, but it was also giving yourself like a goal. Like you, <laughs> you like made the change with a focus on the process which is so, so legit. Like that is so important because I think it's so easy when you're like pursuing success, when you're pursuing self-improvement to really get focused on the goal and forget about the process when it's really like the process is where you're going to be spending most of your time. So you better get real friendly with it. And you kind of had that symbol um, with that in mind. So I love that. Um, that's great. Thank you. Thank well, you. let's hear a bit about your dreams and goals now. What's your vision for your life and your company? Woo! I almost did it louder. I had to realize I can't yell into the mic. I felt like Ric Flair at that time. He goes like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> dreams and goals for my company. Well, I would say one of my biggest dreams for my company is to be able to pass it down to my kid my newborn. Actually, I'm about to be a father in May. And I was always hoping I was going to become a father one day. It was just that I was hoping I could already be rich and a millionaire and all those things that people dream about. So I can be like, hey, young child, I'm passing this all down to you. You know, you're, you're coming out the gate, you know, wealthy and, and ready to go. And that, that was my biggest and it's still a huge goal of mine. Um, I got the uh, news back in October uh, between me and my partner that we were having a baby. So it felt very overwhelming, like, dang, I, I didn't, I didn't get where I needed to be fast enough, but I still have something in the process that I can pass down, uh, you know, and by time my child gets, you know, four or five years old, based on the trajectory of me still working hard, me connecting and doing what I'm doing now, 
by then my child should be well off and ready to at least reap the benefits, even if they don't even know about it because they're so young, they should be able to reap the benefits off, off of the, the years of hustle, grind and everything that I put into. So I would say to make a long story short in that scenario, it was it's legacy. Like my biggest was, was building a legacy. Uh, I don't wanna say like building an empire and taking over the world like Pinky and the brain. Hey Brent, what are we doing today? Oh, Pinky. You know, not nothing like that type of thing, but really like be able to change people people's lives um, from being able to make them feel important, as you already alluded before, giving them a platform, giving them the tools and opportunities. That is a huge dream of mine. Um, and as Spock would say, I forgot what his name was, but Spock from Star Trek, I was he was being interviewed by Pharrell Williams, one of my favorite artists of all time and producers. And he said, it's about making a contribution to the human condition. And I took that and I ran with it. Like, I'm like, nope, that's my quote. That's my goal. I want to make a contribution to the human condition with my company, whether it's through the aspect of servitude, servicing people with, you know, services and things like that, or it's the act of support, being able to just help people, talk to them, give them encouragement and tell them that you're going to be all right, you know, that 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 you have a story, I have a story, and there's relatable aspects of our stories, and it's okay to be different. Um, for me, th that's like a huge goal and dream of mine. That is an epic quote, making a contribution to the human condition. And I think it's a very um, worthy goal and ties well into your legacy, right? Because right. Um, when you're building something, it's not just to pass it down to your kid, but it's also to pass it down to your kid so that they can continue to make that contribution to the human condition. So right. Right. I love that. I love that. And I guess, how long have you had that kind of in the back of your head as your motivation, that making a contribution to the human condition? Well, in terms of the quote, I heard the quote a few years ago. And it was right on time in terms of feeling that internal uh, uh, essence of what the quote stands for, what it means, because sometimes it just takes a person to put the words right. You know, we know what we feel, but we don't know how to put it into context. I've been feeling that way since I was literally 16 years old, 14 years, 14 to 16 years old in high school when I was sitting down in poetry class writing poems for my teacher. Um, you know, that's how I started off with everything. I was a, I was a poet. Um, I fell in love with not only jingles um, and poetry, uh, but just the aspects of it. And that's literally when it all started, where I knew, yeah, I don't wanna be, I don't wanna live a regular life. Um, I don't want to be a regular person, not saying that I wanted to be like the president of the United States or be famous or rich or whatever, but I wanted to be different. And that's why in my early teens is really that, that bug, that entrepreneurial bug before I knew it was entrepreneurship, because now that's a buzzword, right? Uh, but before I knew it was that my teenage years is when that really started. There we go. There we go. If there were one or two people that you could meet right now. And this could be a type of person or a specific person. And it would help you take the next step towards making that contribution, leaving that legacy. Who would they be and how would they help you? Man, listen, hands down, this is this has been my ET, right? Eric Thomas. 
Timmy, have you heard of E.T.? Do you do you know E.T.? You know I've heard of E.T. Okay, <laughs> see the fact when you said you know I that's that if you know I, that's how I know you know right because you said it that way absolutely man E.T. has been one of the biggest motivations and it's kind of funny because that word motivation has it's it's weird you hear people say you don't need motivation you need discipline and then you have other you have all these motivational speakers motivating people to create the discipline yeah. um i love eric thomas when it comes to how he commands um uh, uh not only respect but the best out of people and that i and i intentionally use the word command not demand but command because i feel like the commandment comes from that leadership aspect of of, of things and he really showcases how much he's a leader through his story, through um, the, rela the uh, relatability of him being a GED holder um, as well, being a high school dropout, living in you know, abandoned buildings, you know, living in home, from home to home, place to place. I have a very similar scenario. I have lived on the streets myself at times. I mean, that's the reason why I, I, I didn't get my first apartment until 2020, the year of COVID. How ironic is that? I got my first place the year of COVID. Um, and being able to have a person like E.T. constantly every day, what up, what up, what up, what up? It's your boy, E.T. <laughs> like having that in your face every day. Like, what are you gonna, you have no, you have nothing to, else to do but to be like, what up, what up, what up? It's your boy, Maestro! Up, up. <laughs> like, to emulate that, you know, to emulate your yep. models, to emulate the people that influence you, that you love. So, I mean, there's many, many others, but E.T. would be my number one that I feel if I could meet him, or not even if, when I meet him, we're going to have a good old time. There we go, man. I love that. Um, I think it's so awesome that E.T. is your person, because when you were telling your story, I was like, oh, he would love E.T. <laughs> That's literally <laughs> what was going through my head. See, 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 it's, it's there. The vibration is there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, how are we going to get you to meet E.T.? That's a good question. I feel like being able to be on platforms such as your own, you know, living the dream um, and, and being able to become that, the dream that you're living. You know, the, um, I think that it's going to take some time as long as I'm comfortable and I'm open with telling my story. This is something that's a little bit newer for me because I have been a guest on podcast episodes before, but until this year, I have never really told my story so candidly, so happily, go lucky. Usually it's a little bit more nervousness, I'm, I'm embarrassed or any of those other such things. So I feel like me putting myself out there, me talking to good people like yourself, me being able to learn from people like yourself, because you got a lot going on, my brother. I would definitely say that. Uh, <laughs> but me being able to learn from people like yourself, like how you maneuver in things, I feel like eventually, um, I forgot what they call it, something accumulated momentum. Uh, don't give me, it's, it's uh, something else, but something with the momentum, uh, compound, compound momentum, compound. It will over time, all these connections, conversations. And as long as I am, I'm, I'm taking the time and effort to, you know, six degrees of separation, get to the people that are around him. You know, who, who is he listening to? Who's connecting with, connect with those people 
on a quality basis, not just to get to him, but really make connections with those people because they're great people too. I feel like that that's the only way besides just paying for one of his programs or court, you know, type of thing. And which, yeah, I mean, I can do that. You can do that. And I will do that, but I want to make sure it's authentic. Here goes that word again, authentic. <laughs> and I'm not just paying for the opportunity just to meet him, but I'm putting in the work because I feel like he'll appreciate that more. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, very, very fair. And I think a good book for you to read. I recommend this book to everybody who kind of has a big name that they want to meet. Giftology. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a book by John Rulin. And he's a guy, you know, he's actually, when I read the book, I thought he was really, really popular. I heard him on the Bigger Pockets podcast, but I don't think he's as big a name as I thought he was. And he mm-hmm. got to the point where he was able to like meet Tony Robbins and like work with Tony Robbins through his method, Giftology, which is based on making people feel important, seen and known based on the gifts that you give them. And he kind of touches on how in the Bible, kings would give gifts to other kings that were like really extravagant and really big as a kind of symbol of friendship. And he's like, if kings were doing that way back in the Old Testament, how meaningful can it be to give a really good gift to somebody that's really important to you today? And so, especially when you like can catch somebody who's more, famous off guard and somebody's always mm-hmm. asking them for something asking for asking them for something well, you can give them a gift that touches their heart in a personal way or touches their family's heart etc cetera, etc cetera. anyway that's the concept really good book. I, love, I love it's called giftology you said or gift giftology like g-i-f-t-ology ology yep let me ask you a question then because speaking on that word gift i heard this saying and i wonder what you think of it the gift is free but the talent costs do you believe that? Do you resonate with that? The gift is free, but the talent costs. I've never heard that quote before. I need a little bit of context before I can give my thoughts on it. Give me a, like, apply it to a situation for me real quick. Well, I mean, the reason why I ask, and and it wasn't to put you on the spot, so I apologize. I don't know. Uh, like, I Listen, uh, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I, I heard it, and it really resonated with me because it was, and I believe it was E.T. Who had, who had said it, but I heard it from somebody else too. And it was, you, we're all given these gifts. You know, you're, you're given these gifts, you're, you're given these abilities. We'll put it like that. Well, let's we'll use a different metaphor. You know, I got abilities, it exactly right? now. Yep, yep. You understand? But <laughs> in, to, in order to create that, yep. you know, there, okay, okay. So now that you know, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna explain more. What are your thoughts now? What are your thoughts now? Uh, I think that is, 100 percent true because <laughs> okay. i i genuinely um it's something i've noticed with myself you know i i, th- I think i genuinely have a gift for mm-hmm. um kind of hearing people understanding them and then like helping them bet on themselves like take that next step take that next action step it's what i love to do i think i'm really good at it um but getting to the point where I can do it consistently on a daily basis very well right. and to where I can package that gift in a way to serve other people that costs a lot. Like that costs a daily podcast that costs like yes. a lot of stress and me conquering a lot of fear and me conquering a lot of that imposter syndrome um, yes. to really believe I'm like good at it. Like it costs. So that's why I think I resonate with it. Good, 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 good. So, so I love how we started with the, uh, put that in context to, now I get it. And now, now you're, you can talk, talk a lecture on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just need a little bit more, but um, 
Yeah, man. Awesome. Awesome. I, I fully I took your word, though. <laughs> <laughs> we had to we had to bring it back like like a Kevin Hart comedy show. You got to yeah. bring that first joke back to the end and make it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, well, awesome. Let's uh, let's jump into our uh, next question. Okay. Name the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to help you, uh, you know, make that contribution that you want to make and leave that legacy. The number one or two things that everyday people can do to help, I would say the number, man, that's a, shoot, there's like a million things. Um, open-hearted, be open-hearted. That I, I would say open heart and and not say not in a way where you're you're being gullible or or you're just you're being a uh a you know a welcome mat but just be open-hearted to be less skeptical about um what it is that you don't know or who it is you don't know just because it may come in a different package that's something i feel could really help because i myself have um isolated myself at times and paralyzed myself at times because I was ashamed, again, from the whole naming aspect of things. I've, I've met a lot of people that it, you know, I introduce myself and it's either going to go really good or really bad. And it hurts my heart because a person's not being open-minded or opening their heart to look at me as if it shouldn't matter. As Shakespeare, as Juliet said in Shakespeare, what is in a name? You know, a rose is but a, ro a rose is but a rose, but it smells just as sweet. So no matter what you call the rose, the sweetness of that rose, or even though you know, Outcast says rose, roses really smell like boo boo, but for the sake of the point, though, <laughs> you know, it's still going to be um, what it is. So I would say yes, you know, people that are more open-hearted, open-minded, less skeptical, um, I think would really help support the journey overall because we all are going through something and you never know what that person is going through and judging more is only going to increase put fuel on the fire to whatever it is that they're dealing with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a really important thing, I guess. What is so those people who want to be more open hearted, more open minded, less skeptical, but they're scared, they've gotten burned, they've been hurt, what would you say to them? Seek help. I would say don't be afraid to get help. I've listened to a good amount of your episodes where people were talking about, for instance, the 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 the, the woman and um, excuse me if I don't have her name right, but the woman who was talking about suicide. You know how she went through. Like, and uh, you had another man who was talking about um, some of the similar things. Uh, you know about being in that position where he was going to commit suicide as well. Um, and those, those resonated with me so much. There are other episodes, but those really hit me hard because they weren't afraid to seek help. I mean, the, I believe the woman said she had been 20 years depressed. I mean, you know, type of thing. How, how, how do you, how do you transform? How do you become a person who teaches people how to seek help when you've been trying to seek help for 20 years? Like that's a powerful transition in life and transformation. And I feel like a person who is not afraid to ask for help, as long as they're not abusing it, and as long as they're helping themselves. So first you have to start with loving yourself, doing those things that you need to do, then seeking the help, not being afraid. I feel like those are some of the elements, the keys right there. There we go. There we go. Well, awesome. Let's jump into our thriving three now. Our first ah. question is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. 
I'm going to take a, a page out of the left book here because I've heard a lot of your guests say some intricate, intricate answers. So I'm going to keep it real and say Friday is my favorite movie all time. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. Oh, it's hilarious. The original Chris Tucker, the original Smokey, the original uh, 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 Big Worm. I mean, especially in the African-American, the black community, that is a cult classic. It is. <laughs> it is. And you know, the sequels weren't as good. No, they, they, they weren't as good. I, I'm, you know, I'll keep it, I'll keep it, you know, all the way funky with you. They weren't as good, but I still enjoy them. I still enjoy oh, yeah. them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Friday is definitely that classic. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. What is one way you like to care for yourself? One way I like to care for myself. I love to run. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a runner. Um, sometimes I feel like the you know, sometimes I feel like it's a reminder of me like running metaphorically all my life to my goals and my aspirate reaching my, you know, dreams and things. And sometimes I feel like it's just a way for me to um, inhale and exhale and, and, and push out a lot of that negative energy. Because after you get through running, it's like there's a you're just in this zone. And I feel like for me, I know everybody's not a runner, so you know we can say exercise, but I particularly love to run because I love to be in movement, forward movement. There we go. And what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to keep building that legacy, keep making that impact or meet Eric Thomas? Well, Timmy, I would definitely say it's talking to people like you. It's, it's, it's not being afraid, even if I feel like I don't have most compelling or thrilling or crazy backstory with all these different things. Cause I know there's somebody out there right now listening to this that feels a similar way. Like what, what, what can I say? What do I say? Or do I even have anything to say? And for me, I feel like it's literally being consistent and reaching out, not being afraid to reach out in the first place, because those were a lot of things that held me back. And then showing the hell up. Look, that's that's my that's my only curse, you know, quote unquote curse word, I guess. Showing the <laughs> hell up, showing the heck up, uh, because you got to show up. And and if you don't show up, that's just going to not only hurt your notoriety, credibility, uh, with whoever wherever years you're going, but internally you're not going to feel accomplished. And you have to have those small uh, accomplishments, you know, those micro accomplishments. Um, before you get to the macro, you know, situation, success moment. Yeah, absolutely. Showing up is key. And it's something, um, you know, you put that other word in there consistently, which is honestly, mm -hmm. success, life, it's all like pretty simple when you boil it down to like the bare bones of what needs to happen. And a big part of that is consistently showing up. And then you can add to that consistently showing up and like being the best you can be in that moment. Um, Absolutely. I just, I think that's so key. And it's something I've learned with the podcast, actually. When I was first ramping up to daily, I was doing like 15 to 18 of these a week. And I got so tired. <laughs> like I would, I would be doing like my third episode of the day and I just wouldn't even be there. <laughs> and Man. It was like, but no, I'm going to show up because I made this commitment to this person. Then you got into the conversation. I started asking questions. I started listening. You know, I stepped into my zone of genius a bit. And I was like, no, this is what I yeah. love to do. I love to hear people's stories and kind of push them and help them. So 
showing up consistently, man. I you you did. I mean, I, I gotta give you credit credit where credit's due, um, and say that kudos, congratulations, being able to see your 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 podcast episodes back to back to back in December. I'm like, what the heck is this man doing? Like, <laughs> like he is stacking it up here. I mean, he is being consistent. To be able to see that is very inspiring, man. Like everybody can't do that. Everybody doesn't do that. And to each their own. If a person wants to do a bi-weekly every other week, once a month, that's okay as long as you're consistently doing it. But once <clears throat> once you hit that daily aspect of things, I'm, like you alluded to, the game changes. Like it's really wear and tear like a car on your body. Yeah. So yeah, you know, to, to, to your credit, I 100% give you that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And, you know, I've noticed it's honestly just with anything daily, like even um, even like journaling daily, writing affirmations daily, being intentionally positive daily, like anything that's kind of out of your normal routine, doing it daily, trying to create that new habit, man, it takes that wear and tear. So um, that consistency is key. Well, awesome. I got one last question for you. Yes. I think you know what it is since you've listened to my episodes. (laughs) <laughs> but you can tell <laughs> yeah so you know there are people on the planet who have that more fixed mindset they're not willing to accept help not willing to accept change sometimes they'll live their whole life like that and sometimes they'll die like that other mm-hmm. times they make that change it's more of a growth mindset willing to accept help willing to accept change i feel like you had a very similar change in your life mm-hmm. in your opinion what is the catalyst that causes people to change? The catalyst that causes people to change. Whew. Man. I feel like a lot of times it's that moment of rock bottom. Like it's, it's, it's that moment that something hits you so hard. And one of your guests alluded to this as, as well, where it's, you, you, you get to this situation or this moment and it's just like, man, like, what do you do now? Like, what, where are you, where are you gonna go? Um, and I believe he was talking about like a job, like having, like going to work, having, having the job. And it's like, okay, today you're like, I'm tired, of sick and tired of it. But then the next day comes, and then you're a le- little less, and then the next day comes. But it's like when that momentum hits, or when it all compiles on you at one time, and you're just like, you know, you know, f this, and you just gotta just do it and let it go i feel like it's just those moments of of rock bottom of being punched in the mouth and and really being like i have to do something different because if i don't i'm going to die whether that's internally or physically you know what i mean because you can still be alive and be dead you know type of thing you know living living that way that's the opposite of living the dream right uh, so there's, there's, there's walking dead. There's people that are literally walking dead. So I feel like it's, it's that rock bottom moment that really catapults people to that next level. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Rock bottom is a very, um, just profound answer. You know, sometimes you, you just get to the point where you are with nobody but yourself and then you look at yourself and that's kind of when that, when that change can happen. I guess the follow-up question I usually have when people say rock bottom is there are a lot of people who we would perceive to be at rock bottom and then never make that change what do you think Mm -hmm. is the difference between people who hit rock bottom and make the change versus people who hit rock bottom and don't make the change the difference between people who hit rock bottom and make the change versus those who hit rock bottom and 
don't make the change, I feel like it's either the support system like around them or or is the outcome of the change for them is it worth the the effort of transformation because if you don't see that outcome i mean you're you're a businessman yourself you help people you know and and like for instance real estate like how do you get somebody to get into something like that where they don't see the house they don't see the apartment they don't see the end game like how do you convince somebody that it's it's, it's gonna work out like you're gonna have something if you just put in the effort put in the, if they don't see that and yet they're on the streets like that's the right like you're on the streets and i'm gonna help you get a home and you're still fighting the fact that well my credit ain't this and i don't have this and i don't have that blah, blah, blah. if you don't see the outcome yourself I feel like no amount of rock bottom is going to take you to where you need to be to get to that outcome because you're not envisioning it yourself, even if it's right in your face. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And, you know, actually ET talks about this a little bit. He's like, even when he was, um, you know, dead broke, he was just getting his stuff off the ground. He like saw his first speaking gig. It was like in this kind of, I don't remember what the place was called. I don't remember. Um, all the details but he said he saw it in his head and he saw it consistently for like six seven months and then just out of nowhere he got an invitation to speak there at a school there mm. or something like that and it just blew up from there and he's like you got to see it so i completely agree with you, you on the, you in the words it. of chris tucker and you know this man <laughs> i had to bring it back from friday hey if y'all haven't watched friday go watch it because <laughs> it's hilarious um well, Maestro, is there anything else that you want to chat about before we sign off? No, Timmy, this has actually been a great conversation. It felt very natural. I mean, it's felt like just, you know, two people like-minded talking. I would say for anybody that is out there um, that is in the middle of the storm, you know, not, not on the other side of the storm, because oftentimes we hear about that story, you know, as far as a person, people that are in the middle of the storm, that are in the middle of their process and their journey, and haven't hit those six figures yet, because I know a lot of times people don't talk to, to, to those from that position. It's usually, I wanna listen to the guru type of thing. For those people, it's all right. Whatever that you're going through, the pain, the hurt, the, the triumphs, the failures, the fallacies, your, your, your own flaws, mind you, it's all right. Get the help you need um, and do something for yourself first, AKA love yourself, then do something for others. Cause it's gonna come off no matter what you do, no matter how much you do, if you're not loving yourself and doing it for yourself, like myself, you're gonna make mistakes where um, you have great intentions, but then still chips fall left and things go wrong and everything falls flat, but yet you had good intentions. I think it all starts with loving yourself. There we go. There we go. Such true words. Maestro, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Timmy. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, if you guys were listening to this and you loved what Maestro had to say and you want to contact him, what is the best way, Maestro? You can contact me at info at theiconicexpressions.com. That is my creative agency um, uh, uh, name. And 
you can contact me on LinkedIn. Just search Maestro Stevens. That's another special thing about the name and about me is you type it into Google and there's only one person that pops up. There are no more people that are gonna pop up with that name. So yeah, that's the cool part. Just type in the name and, and connect with me then. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. As we always ask, send this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Shoot us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.